It is lights out, and away we go, Mr. Adrian Huff. Hello, hello. It's a big week for you. It's obviously the United States Grand Prix. I'm not sure exactly why this one gets dubbed the United States Grand Prix, but I'll give you a little salute as well. You get the flag behind you that I missed. maybe thought it was a Confederate flag for a second, but it's not. Um, now, I take no joy, absolutely no joy in bringing this up, but I have to bring it up off the top just to you know keep our listeners informed. But again, I, I take no joy in bringing this up, but your Braves lost, so that's a shame. But also, George's arguably best player, their tight end, Brock Bowers, is hurt and might not come back this season. So maybe the tides are turning in my favor. I don't know if that's how that works, but maybe it'll cheer you up to know we got three straight F1 race weekends coming up. So how are you doing? Man, I'm very excited about the triple header that we've got, but the the Braves, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Not you just now. I thought that was very funny, but that loss <laughs> was very painful. I mean, it, it, it could have been an epic evening for me. We were down in a wedding in uh, Jekyll Island in Georgia. It's uh, this very nice little area that we were at, and I was watching the game. It was afterwards. Uh, it was after the, sorry, the evening before the rehearsal dinner. It was just a very nice evening, and I was just so, so hoping that we could, I was just saying the whole time, just take it to Atlanta, get to Atlanta, get to Atlanta. Uh, Fortunately, we did not. I was (laughs) very upset, but, you know, props to the Phillies as much as I dislike them. You know, obviously they had some really, really insane moments and yeah, just completely stomping us in game three was really, really heartbreaking or no game two because we had our comeback. So getting it all switched around, but uh, it was very epic. I'm very sad that the Braves aren't going to be progressing, but it was some good games just to, it was fun to watch, but that last game was really, really tough. Cause yeah, it just wasn't very good uh, offense on our side, but what are you going to do? Yeah, that's uh, I'm certainly familiar with that. It's just, sometimes it doesn't work out, but it does. Maybe next and, year. Yep. If, and if uh, you know, Georgia losing a little bit of luck makes Toronto get a little bit, then that's okay. Cause you guys are due. You guys are due. We're due. We don't uh, quite have a college football team, but it, maybe it'll uh, transfer over to other sports. Um, yeah, absolutely. but on the topic of F1, we got the, yeah, we got the USGP this week and then uh, Mexico next week where Checo's fate may be decided. And then Brazil after that. So um, mm. three different, but in some ways similar tracks. I mean, with U.S. and Mexico, they both have the kind of the S sector. Um, but we've got just the never-ending story seems to be with Red Bull. Um, one thing I want to mention before I throw back to you, they had a <clears throat> tweet that kind of got people riled up a little bit about the Belgian GP because they announced that it was being extended. Um, so they tweeted out, racing at the Belgian GP until 2025. Sounds good. And it's a picture of Max Verstappen at the top of Eau Rouge, and he's with Daniel Ricciardo. It's a picture from back when uh, Danny Rick was on the team. So people obviously put two and two together, whether it's intended or not, but they know what they're doing when they post that. Um, so there's that. But, uh, yeah, why don't you fill me on the latest with this uh, so-called civil war brewing within Red Bull? Yeah, I'm going to say alleged civil war because a lot of this is – you know, circulation from rumors and 
potentially just completely hearsay. It could be completely made up, some of the details, but allegedly there's some internal uh, talks happening about Helmut Marco being removed from the team, no longer being involved in his position. Uh, and the big theory is that it's Horner sort of capitalizing on Helmut's recent miss. Just, I, I don't even know what to say. Just some of the horrible things that he said, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And people are theorizing that Horner's trying to, Use that to maybe take potentially full advantage of the team. Uh, and there's just a lot of murmurs about just some internal conflicts going on at Red Bull. I don't necessarily know if I personally agree with that. I don't think Christian is, I mean, he is cutthroat, but him and Helmet have, they have a very long history, a very successful history with Red Bull uh, as Unfortunate as some of the things he says are, you know, Christian sort of always backed him in a way, at least maybe not the things he said, but him as a person. Uh, I think that there might be a little bit of truth to it. I think that potentially, I don't know uh, this individual's name. I haven't looked into that, but the new CEO of Red Bull Racing, who's to, uh, taken over the place or the missing role that Dietre Mastichitz, uh left when he unfortunately passed away. I could definitely see that someone sort of new coming into the team, not necessarily getting rid of Horner, but I could see this new person coming in and maybe being like, uh, you know, I don't know, even if we get rid of Helmet, I don't want Christian Horner to be the sole, you know, responsible voice in the team, you know, the one that makes the hard decisions solely by himself. Uh, but there's that's really just been a big surprise. <laughs> the topic of the week is. Red Bull drama surprisingly doesn't involve Sergio Perez this week. Um, but yeah, do you, I don't know. Do you think Christian would potentially give helmet the boot to take all the power? What do you think? Yes. Will it happen? I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's kind of just seems like it's a matter of time before uh, helmet Marco ages himself out. Like he, he makes comments almost every week now that we talk about it a lot, but they're either, Comments are just things you should not never say, um, or things that just they should probably keep in house that we like to hear, like the strategy stuff or the behind the scenes stuff. So Helmut Marco is definitely kind of aging himself out of the job. Um, I definitely see Helmut or uh, Christian Horner wanting more power. I think he's got a lot of power right now, so I, I definitely don't see them taking away any power from him. Um, as much as I would like that to happen, I'd like to see someone else come in there maybe, but. I don't really think that's going to happen unless, um, yeah, I don't know. Something crazy would have to happen. But, yeah, in terms of Helmut Marco, I think he's going to kind of walk the plank eventually, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after. I don't know if he makes it to the 2026 regulation change, but it's always something interesting to talk about. That's for sure. Definitely. But, Hopefully uh, he physically makes it to the 2026 regulations. <laughs> that's true. He may literally um, not make it. But I guess we can sort of we'll get back to Red Bull. <laughs> Don't worry, we will get back to Red Bull. <laughs> but the this weekend is going to be two drivers, 100th Grand Prix. That's going to be Lando Norris and George Russell. This will be their 100th F1 race start, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, it does feel like they've been in the sport for a very, very long time, but 100 races I mean, it, it it is a big number, but when you really think about it, 
it doesn't seem like a very big number. I mean, Lewis has over 100 race wins. So, you know, that just shows how long of a career he has, I guess. But it's also Charles Leclerc's 100th Grand Prix with Ferrari. He's done a little bit more than 100. He had a season with Sauber. So he has a little bit more than 100. But this is his 100th Ferrari race start. Do you think he will hit 200? With Ferrari? Yes. Definitely uh, in the sport. For sure. Yeah, I'd say yes. I think he's he's like their golden boy. So, I mean, I hope we'll so. get to that. Something else in a minute that could change that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, congrats to Lando and George. I mean, that's it's an accomplishment. I, I'd be curious to know how many drivers in F1 history have gotten to uh, 100 Grand Prix, especially with their step shorter seasons. So, yeah, I'd be, be curious to know how many have done that. But, um Definitely the best is yet to come. Like it, it just it does show how long it takes to uh, become like a true F1, uh, like really be at the top of the sport. Like they're getting there now. Um, do you have any idea how much Max has? I mean, uh, he started around the same time as them, so he, he maybe a maybe a bit more. But uh, you know that's pretty impressive. Um, I think the, both of the Lando, George, and Charles will get to. Factor seven has 180 race starts. 180. Oh yes. wow! So double. That's crazy. Um, wow, that's that's impressive. So yeah, pretty good. I think uh, might as well just transition. We're talking about Ferrari. Keep going with Ferrari. This is uh, one of those stories that kind of pops up a lot. It happened with Lewis Hamilton, but Max Verstappen was asked. I don't know exactly how it came up, but he expressed his desire to race with Ferrari one day. So I'm sure Christian Horner won't be happy to hear, but uh, he did obviously <laughs> say he's under contract with Rebel for a long time. Um, I think he said he's going to be like 31 time. when uh, the contract ends in like 2028 or something. So he said he thinks he'll still be pretty good by then. And I don't know if he's <laughs> he's won a bunch. Master. Like that is, I know that is uh, it could like cement if he does. I know he says he doesn't want to go for like goat status, but I mean. I think once it gets to that point, if he's still driving, that's kind of the only thing left to go for. Um, so it, it would be cool to see him go to Ferrari. I mean, it, I don't know if that brings up the topic of who his teammate would be between Charles and Carlos. I'm sure one of them would most likely will move on by then to another team or, or something else. So I don't know, as uh, still at least five years away, but what do you think of Max? Describe, and I mean, this happened with Lewis before. He said that he would love to race for Ferrari. It just never happened. But um, what do you think of Max talking about one day driving for Ferrari? You know, I, in theory, it's going to be amazing. I don't know if Ferrari, at least in the last maybe decade or so, I don't know if they would deserve that. But I, I think, honestly, I think if he did something like that, if he, at the end of his contract in 2028 with Red Bull, which I by then either Red Bull's going to be ready to let him go and just do a a re uh, a rebuild. That's what the word I was thinking of, or uh, they're going to throw their whole bank account at him to keep him. So if he was to transition and he had nearly equal to success or managed to win a championship for Ferrari, especially if Ferrari's unable to do that by then, I think that would put him on like Schumacher level of just like, absolute legend status you can't even just in theory it's it's unbelievable to think i mean he would kind of be like a modern day 
Michael Schumacher. I mean, I know a lot of people look back on him as the GOAT. You know, it's usually, it's like, <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan, you know, Kobe, LeBron. But on F1, it's Lewis or Michael, you know, arguably. I know some mm-hmm. people will throw plenty of other names out there. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I, he's not, if you actually know a lot about Michael Schumacher, he wasn't the nicest guy. Very much like Max Verstappen, very aggressive, you know, on and off the track. But he just flat out wanted to win and wanted to race, which I think you can compare that to Max at least a little bit. So if he actually did that, would be really, really fantastic. And there's been some photoshops of him in a Ferrari race suit, which kind of throws me off a little bit. It's very unnatural looking. If it actually happened, it right. would be a little bit hard to process. But I did see a picture of Charles Leclerc in a Red Bull suit. That got me almost as excited. That's something I can get behind right there. <laughs> I know Lando Norris has been the talk to maybe take over that second seed in 2020 or after 2025, maybe. But uh, I would be equally as happy with Leclerc, especially if Ferrari continue to just let him down as they have been. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to add before we move on to the next topic about Max and Ferrari is that Ferrari is pretty notorious for uh, blowing their strategies and their race calls. And Max is notorious for kind of letting his uh, team principal or race director, if ever, maybe anyone that's on the mic, he's going to let him have it. So I think we'd get some pretty epic uh, <laughs> growing pains, if you will, in the first year or so. So oh, yeah. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, at that point, Lewis will be out of F1, I'd have to assume. So um, 2028, yeah. yeah. I'd assume. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool. But a team that's kind of... Hoping to join the likes of the Mercedes, the McLarens, the Ferraris, the Red Bull is Alpine. Uh, what's the latest on their exploits? Yeah, so early in the season, we talked about how Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney invested in the team. He's in Always Sunny Philadelphia, and they bo- both just invested in, uh, it's like, Rec, what do you know the name of the soccer team they invested in? Wrexham. Wrexham. Uh, it was something like that, but I knew I'd mess it up somehow. But yes, Alpine have now gotten another round of celebrity investors. Uh, I'll go through the names really, really fast. You got some big, big names in the NFL: Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, then you've go. got Patrick Mahomes' teammates on the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you got some guys. Uh, in other sports, you've got Anthony Joshua, who's a fighter. You've got Rory McIlroy, big golf name. Uh, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold, I believe him and Juan Mata are soccer players, or football players, sorry. Um, and then they've also got an investment capital firm, uh, Roger Ehrenberg of Eberg Capital. So. They've got some money rolling in, <laughs> some big, big names. Uh, I said this to you, I think, yesterday or something like that. You know, they've got all this money coming in, if, especially if they're going to be putting a lot of that into the development of the car and just trying to get that Renault, not Renault anymore, but Renault name. I mean, there was a time when Renault was in the top four up there with McLaren and Ferrari names, but not anymore. So I think they need a rebuild on their driver lineup. As much as I like, Gasly, I'm not the biggest Akon fan. I say that every week, I feel like. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just feels like with this much excitement, I feel like we need names to get excited about. And 
as talented, arguably, as those two guys are, I feel like we need a potentially bigger name behind the team. As much as they seem to have rallied behind Ocon, clearly. So what do I know? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I guess I, I would maybe rate Ocon and Gasly slightly higher than you. I think they're like definitely worthy of being an F1. But we, especially with Gasly, I'd say we definitely have seen maybe his ceiling. Like We kind of know how good he's going to be. He's not going to necessarily be a world champion. He can be maybe that second tier. Yeah. Um, Ocon, I do think, is kind of showing, as much as I know you dislike him, I don't love him that much as a guy, but um, I, I, I'm seeing like pretty good signs of him and not the best car. He has some really good races, and um, he seems to have it. I don't know if he's as good as a world champion, potentially, but it, it'll be tough. I think they're going to want to... It's, it's interesting that it's Alpine. I guess maybe they're like the only team that has investment opportunities because they're just such a French... like. French team, and they I guess they have issues with the French and British aspect of it. I can't yeah. imagine them love it, they're going to love all this American influence. And I don't know, I just quickly looked up because I mean, anytime you say Travis Kelsey now, it's just immediately associated with Taylor Swift. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm I respect the hell out of Taylor Swift. I think what she's doing as a musician is incredible. As a football fan, I watch this on every Sundays, I'm getting a little bit tired. I just have to be honest, a little bit tired of the 50,000. Shots and mentions a game. Now, don't come after me, Swifties, but that's just it's just getting a little bit much. Um, so I'm a little bit. I'm interested to see if Travis and Taylor show up at an F1 race, whether it's this weekend or in <laughs> Vegas. Um, they're playing. I just checked. The Chiefs are playing at 4:30 on Sunday in, in Kansas City. So I don't think they'll be at the race, but maybe. Maybe a qualifying or something. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these, at least a few of the celebrities show up this weekend. It seems like uh, not a coincidence that they announced it on the yeah. week of the USGP. So whether, yeah, whether it's here, I'm sure a lot of them will be at Vegas. If, regardless if they if they were going to invest or not, I think a lot of people will want to be at the Vegas GP just as like a, seems like it's a glitz and glamour, like show yourself type, Big time. type of event. Um, so yeah, it, I'm interested to see what they do. I don't really know what their role is going to be, how much a percentage they own or whatever. Maybe um, I guess it's a good investment. I, I don't know if it's just strictly that, but when you have this many athletes kind of getting in on something, it seems like um, they're going to want to show their face at some point or have some sort of influence, but that remains to be seen. Um, I agree. It Funny thing about the Taylor Swift, uh, it's actually nothing's confirmed right now. This could be breaking absolutely breaking news if this breaks before we release the episode but there's rumors that they've already broken up just wanted to let oh. you know <laughs> oh no I, my heart oh. i agree with oh the, no the ex the overexposure of taylor swift on the nfl i don't i don't put that on taylor swift though i'm putting it on the nfl they're just sort of obviously pandering to the taylor swift crowd because you know taylor swift she's got some very very passionate fans they will crash a stranger's wedding they'll <laughs> you know, rush her at the airport, like literally anything. They'll track her down. So, you know, and now Travis Kelsey is the highest selling jersey of the entire NFL. So, you know, I, I get it. It's a business thing, but this it is a lot. You know, it's the only thing you see on any of the social media platforms. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they take it, I guess, like you said. If if they have any influence at all, I'm besides bringing you know eyes to that team. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I think that's 
definitely there there's definitely room to, room to improve and if we even just see whether it's through uh, uh like a lot of stuff with alonzo or just like there's been a lot of stuff that's come up from behind the scenes that they're just it's not a very well run organization or a smoothly run operation so um yeah lots of room for improvement we'll see we'll see how it plays out but uh i guess if we're, while we're talking about um driver lineups i saw quick thing from Max Verstappen there he was asked basically who the strongest driver lineup is driver pairing is in the grid and obviously he said Red Bull and then he said okay besides Red Bull uh, and he said McLaren which he said they've been the most consistent um, and with the most promise which I think is a pretty fair assessment I'd say it comes down to either Mercedes with Lewis and George uh, Ferrari Sainz and Leclerc or McLaren um, I think they would even surpass Red Bull because just the drop-off between like Perez being so much worse mm-hmm. than everyone else c- compared there. So uh, I don't know. Who do you think would be the top, let's say, top two driver pairings on the grid? I can't disagree. McLaren have an ext- oh, there goes my mic. McLaren have an extremely powerful driver lineup. I mean... I I would have maybe had Mercedes in contention, but not after not after last week or their most recent stunt. I I can't rate them, especially George. Can't rate them that high as a lineup individually. Great, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, like let's say all the cars were equal. Sure. Uh I mean Carlos and Charles are a strong pairing. They are not the most they're not the most teamwork driven, I'll say. I, I do. I mean, Charles admittedly has been very much a team player this season. He's been willing to not pass Carlos when Carlos was slower and in front of him. You know, he's not, even though he did almost crash at uh, Monza into it, but he saved that. He didn't do it. Um, you know, they just they just aren't necessarily looking out for each other, especially Carlos. They're just very, very self oriented which is okay you know so it's i'm a little hesitant to say them but i'm gonna say them um yeah i'm trying to think of maybe the yeah if if all the cars were the same then you know k mag and nico are not a bad combo i think if the haas was speedy and had the pace of maybe the aston martin i think we'd be seeing way better results from those two guys there i rate those two guys very high They've been talking about a huge, well, huge, a big upgrade that they're bringing to Austin for months. So, I mean, we'll see how that pays off. Maybe a could be a sneaky prediction for good qualifying for them. I don't know how, how if it'll hold up over the race length, but uh, yeah, maybe hope they maybe they can get into Q3. That'd be nice. I hope so. That would be nice. Uh, what do we got next here? Ooh, I was but trying to uh, see the pace, like you were talking about. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no! It's uh, it's the Netflix Cup slash Swing to Survive crossover event that everyone's been waiting for. Um, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and read that little that little blurb? Just that describes it. It's just just under the. Yes, uh, the Netflix Cup. Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Pierre Gasly, and Alex Albon will participate in the first live sports broadcast by Netflix next month. The four Formula One drivers will each team up with a professional golfer in the Netflix Cup which will take place in Las Vegas on November 14th, four days before the series new race in the city. 
Netflix is billing the contest as a union between its two prominent sports documentaries, Drive to Survive and Full Swing. Interesting. You know, I I didn't read too much into it when you when we first were talking about it. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be like a pre-recorded thing. The fact that it's Netflix's first live event is interesting. Cool. It is cool. I It's not going to be as like well or I guess as entertaining, I guess. It's just going to be a golf match, but I will definitely watch it. I mean, that is going to be a very, very hype weekend for F1. So, Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I wonder if they're playing at the course in Vegas that you can see the, uh, what's it called? The, that orb thing. The oh, globe yeah. The, the, the sphere, <laughs> whatever that's called. That's a good, that's yeah, a the, good point, uh, actually. The golfers include Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas. So um, pretty good golfers, like top of the, top of the line golfers. Um, kind of surprised that Rory's not in there, considering he just bought into F1. But uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, two of my favorite sports, so I'll definitely be tuning in. I'm not really, I don't have high hopes for it. They've been really pumping out these uh, golf kind of crossover, the match, and or they'll have like couple football players against a couple golfers and whatnot so this sort of thing and they're never really very entertaining i mean they had them with like tom brady and peyton manning and stuff like that and it's just yeah it's, it's the best thing usually was charles barkley making fun of them so yes i mean love barkley again, not high not too high of hopes but it, i'm sure they'll be like mic'd up and maybe there'll be some interesting i guess the best we can hope for aside from like funny moments is that the golfers will ask the f1 drivers some interesting questions about f1 like about how i don't know even like their schedule or their eating habits or their like what they do in the off time or their favorite places to go stuff like that i don't know like maybe that could be interesting we'll see i'm sure uh i'm sure they'll i'm sure lando will do a couple of pranks or something silly that will split twitter because he's always he's pretty uh divisive on twitter people love him or hate him but yeah that's uh that's kind of i think all i have on that well it's november 14th so we've got a couple races between now and then that to until uh, we can focus on that but uh, a couple more content things that are coming out. The Braun GP documentary has a announced date, a release date, has announced a release date. Good speaking, RJ. Um, Braun, the impossible Formula One story, revisiting the extraordinary tale of how Braun GP pulled off a sporting miracle that shook the F1 world, is streaming November 15th on Disney+. Plus. So uh, that should be good. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I believe it was a producer or something along those lines of that. And uh, I believe they've interviewed like everyone involved between Ross Braun, Jensen Button, all the uh, major players involved in that. So that should be good. Um, and then there's also a new trailer for the Ferrari movie coming out with Adam Driver as Enzo Ferrari, I believe. Um, looks pretty intense. I mean, it doesn't look like it's like a happy-go-lucky movie. I mean, it looks like it's going to be like actual, I don't know if it's a biography per se or whatever those, whatever that's called in movie terms, but uh, biopic or whatever. But I think mm-hmm. it, it looks pretty good. I don't know if you've seen the new trailer yet. Um, looks pretty serious. It's a really good role for Adam Driver, I think. I think he's, I really like him as an actor. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, forget when the re- the release date of that is, but uh, yeah, a couple, couple of F1 related or motorsport stuff kind of. On the horizon. Yeah, I'm very excited because, especially if you're a newer fan to the sport, if you haven't gone back and watched like 
just video essays or highlights or just anything read about Braun. It's mm-hmm. one of the yeah, obviously you know yeah, it's it's insane. The 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 documentaries are going to be fantastic and yeah. you know they've been sort of hyping it up with Keanu Reeves as a producer. I wonder how much he actually was involved, but uh yeah i mean just the fact that he you know rallied behind it to help get that production made is going to be really really awesome um let's see the big news out of austin this week is that daniel ricardo was back i said Uh... we're coming back to red bull and i meant it daniel ricardo was returning to as it is known now as alpha towery who knows what they'll be known as because they're also going to be announcing their name change over the course of this weekend allegedly So um, we will find out if they went with Hugo Boss. They went with Adidas. I'm rooting for Adidas. We'll see. Um, But they did also say that they're going to be sort of taking over the Red Bull colors. Not taking over, but they're going to be adopting the Red Bull colors next season. So it's going to pretty much be like having four Red Bulls on the grid. While, of course, the main Red Bull racing team is going to be a little bit farther ahead as far as development goes. But the AlphaTauri is going to for sure be a lot more speedy next year. Um, But... As of right now, they're going to be bringing some upgrades, uh, including <laughs> one of their drivers, Daniel Ricardo, who will be back. And yeah, we mentioned something sort of at the top of the show regarding his simulation. Um, I was sort of reading on Twitter. That's what I'm going to call it. Somebody was discussing, um, I think it was something from an interview. I had watched the video, but I unfortunately did not save it. And it wasn't even from Daniel. It was just somebody discussing um his simulation times and allegedly i'm not i i wasn't able to like fully verify this but allegedly ricardo still as of today i don't or, sorry as of this morning has not completed a full race length sim so he hasn't done the full length of the race in the simulator uh people are gonna are questioning if he's fully ready to come back and if he's fully healed will he be able to handle the full race length um i'll let you give your thoughts on that in just a second personally i i don't i think he'll be okay you know he's experienced and i know he's been running the simulator a lot so uh i've got confidence in him this is his big track and you know i'm sure he did everything he could to be fully prepared if he had gone back in bahrain that would have just been absolutely insane especially we've discussed those conditions so many times but what do you think do you think his I know you're, we're not doctors, either of us, but do you think his wrist is fully recovered? or Dr. Huff kind of has a nice ring to it, i got to say. Dr. Huff. Um, My sister's Dr. becoming Huff. a doctor, so that'll Dr. be Huff. an actual title. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, my thoughts on Danny. I think he'll definitely get through it. I don't think he'd be coming back if he weren't able to get through it. Um, also, once adrenaline kicks in, he might be hurting afterwards, but uh, once adrenaline kicks in, I think he'll be okay to get through. I'm not sure how well he's going to do. Although he does like this track and this place, um, I'm sure we're going to be seeing lots of videos of him in with I don't know weird mustache, weird accents, weird hats, weird shirts, <laughs> all of that fun stuff. So he's going to make a, a big return, I'm sure. Starting, besides we haven't really seen stuff yet, but I'm sure starting tomorrow, we're going to be seeing lots of stuff coming out. Um, yeah, I'm just happy to have him back. Really, uh, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. It's it's tough. I want him to take that rebel seat, even though I don't like rebel. It, it, for him, I want him to take that rebel seat, but I don't know if he has enough time to prove that worth. But then again, they do seem to value simulator and stuff a lot. So that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, we got the USGP this week. We're back 
two races. I said earlier, three races in a row. Pretty excited for this one. I, um, definitely. I mean, we haven't seen the Vegas track live yet, but uh, I'd say definitely of the three F1 tracks in the United States, this is by far and away the best one. Curious to see how track limits are this week. The new guys in charge of that seems to be pretty stern on track limits this year. So we could have some issues there. But uh, yeah, Coda or Circuit of the Americas, they they have all sorts of, like they have a MotoGP race, race here, they have a NASCAR race here. So it's um, all in all just like a great, great place for racing. The fans are unbelievable. I think they set the, the attendance record there last year with about 400,000 fans. I read an article that they're not going for that this year. They're going for more like, um, they're still going to have a lot of fans, but they're kind of want to cater more to the fan experience. Um, but yeah, some track info. First Grand Prix year, 2012. Number of laps, 56. And the lap record, 136.169. Charles Leclerc, 2019. Uh, looks like we have two DRS zones, one just after the start-finish line, and then one um, before a very, very long straight about halfway through the track. Fun track, the first sector, pretty windy. And then the long straight on the second sector. And then the third, kind of a bit of, bit of both. You got your your curves and you got a, a long kind of banking long turn near the end. So, yeah, fun track. We'll see how, I don't think track surface should be too much of an issue. We'll see how I said track, um, track limits. Who knows? The weather um, looks like, I'm going to read through all this because it's all pretty much the same. Looks like it's going to be hot. Looks like it's going to be a little bit windy, which is probably good for the heat, but looks like it's going to be hot. Friday, 33 degrees Celsius. Um, Saturday, highs of 34 degrees. And Sunday, more clouds, but high of 32 degrees. Um, temperature, no doubt, ensuring that tire strategy becomes a vital part of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see if they learn anything, if, if it does get really, really hot and the drivers are having issues and can't imagine it'd be as bad as Qatar or Qatar, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if they learned anything from that experience in the, uh, the people that be. And then, where am I here? Well, so it's another sprint weekend, so times, 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 times. Where have we got the times here? Schedule, United States. Sorry, I got it. I switch tabs. Um, okay, practice one. Again, Eastern Standard Time. Practice one, Friday, 1.30 p.m., qualifying, 5 p.m., sprint shootout, Saturday, 1.30 p.m., sprint, the sprint race, 6 p.m., Saturday, and then the actual race, Sunday, at 3 p.m. So, good times for those of us in Eastern Standard Time. I don't know how that yeah. equates, probably just like late night, later night, or maybe like midnight or so for, what's the latest qualifying five, I think six hours later in uh, in Britain. So it's still not too bad for them um, in the UK and whatnot. So I don't think anyone should have too many complaints. I don't know, unless you're in like Australia or something. But overall, it looks like a pretty exciting. We got we got another sprint. I think it's the first time they've had back-to-back sprint weekends. So we so. have that. Um, yeah, any thoughts on that sort of stuff? And then I guess we can get into our predictions and hopes for the weekend. Gosh, I'm very excited. I've been trying so hard to find the stat that i saw earlier and i am not able to i uh had had saved the performance statistics of all the cars and who would going to be who was going to be fastest based on pace going into the weekend not taking into the austin upgrades into account the only thing that i remember is that uh 
McLaren, still the second fastest. And allegedly, as of Qatar, or Qatar, Aston Martin have fallen to ninth fastest vehicle. They were just absolutely Ooh. abysmal. And, yeah, that's a lot of that's some estimations, too. So don't fully take my word for it. But I, I feel really bad for Alonzo. I hope they're able to recover because I really want him to do well. I love Alonzo. I'm still hoping he gets that race win. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but, yeah, that's just a little bit crazy to me. Obviously, Red Bull's still ahead. But really, really excited to see what McLaren have been able to do. Uh, I recalculated the scores to our fantasy league just because I was just a little bit interested. You are over 200 points ahead of me, over 1,000 points total for your team. It's really, really insane. Um, but an interesting thing is as of the last time we had updated it, and I don't fully remember when that was, but Oscar Piastri had like 17 points. And Max Verstappen had more than he had over half the amount he does now. So that just shows to show like how insane he's gotten 70 points just in, you know, like less than maybe 10 races, 10 GP, something like that. So um, I, McLaren's charge these final five races is really going to be something special to watch. And I am so, so excited for next year. But short term, <laughs> I'm very excited for the Austin GP. Um, make sure you come back next week. Uh to get our predictions because or no 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 sorry i completely sniffed <laughs> that up come back next week okay. to get the recap of the austin gp and uh for the sort of prerequisite in the pre-show talking about mexico but we're going to give you our austin predictions right now so rj what is your podium prediction for this weekend um give that in a sec i'm as much as you're looking forward to seeing the mclarens in the last five weeks i'm very excited to watch lewis try and chase down Checo for P2, and if track limits are any sort of issue this week, we've seen two men that are very bad with track limits this year, and that is, especially as of late, that's Mr. Lance Stroll and Mr. Sergio Perez. So, I don't know, could be, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, hopefully uh, some more points. I just want there to be something, something exciting to look forward to coming down to the last few weekends. So, hopefully Lewis catching Checo for P2 in the overall driver standings is something that I'm definitely looking forward to. Hopefully we can get a little, little catching up this week, but uh, in terms of teams that are bringing upgrades, I have read that Mercedes is one of the teams bringing a pretty decent upgrade. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We mentioned uh, Haas bringing an upgrade and maybe Alpha Tauri. Um, a couple teams bring upgrades this week, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, hopefully Mercedes get a little bit closer. Um, prediction, prediction, prediction. Obviously, we're going to predict Max to get first. Uh, I think the McLarens over the course of the weekend are going to have... I think Oscar and Lando will both get podiums this weekend, whether it's in the race or the sprint or both. Um, but I think I've got to gotta hope that Lewis can get, get at least a podium in either the sprint or the, or the race. I don't think... Uh, I don't know. I'm not really predicting much good stuff for Checo. I think, um, I don't know. I don't think Ferrari, again, I could sound like an idiot, but I don't think Ferrari's going to be past McLaren, and uh, oh, I'm hoping, so. that Lewis can, hoping that Lewis can do something. So, realistically, in terms of the pecking order, I think it'll be Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari. But we'll see. Lots of stuff could happen. What about you? Oh, man. I'm going to be optimistic about my boys. I'm going to say Max. going to say Oscar. And then I'm going to say Leclerc. I really, really, I really want Ferrari to do good. I mean, if I know Ferrari have had a good bit of success as of late, but 
it's only really been for signs that I need LeClaire to get back into proper form. Um, you mentioned Haas are bringing upgrades this weekend. They are <laughs> they have fully admitted that they're switching to the Red Bull design, the Red Bull concept. So they're just fully all in on let's just try to copy the fastest car on the grid. So yeah, it's got a lot of teams bringing upgrades. Uh, it could maybe you never know. Mercedes are bringing a big upgrade. It could nudge out McLaren. They could be right back in second place just like that. That's just how quickly the sport changes. But is there anything else that you want to add on before we get out of here? Be interesting to see how Lewis and George actually deal with it back on track. And uh, I don't know, Oscar, we haven't really seen Oscar and Lando go at it. A little bit at Monza, but nothing bad. Mm. Curious to see how long Lando is going to... Lando doesn't want a rookie beating him, so... um, to see that yeah there's just lots to look forward to this weekend obviously daniel ricardo but yeah we're gonna get back on track pretty shortly here so anything else for you i'm i'm good for this week <laughs> uh only other thing i could think of is yeah i'm very curious how sergio perez is gonna do helmet did come out and say take this with a grain of salt but allegedly there's no ultimatum for him if he does lose p2 that doesn't necessarily mean he's losing the seat i don't know how much i believe that you know take that as you will the, the F1 news cycle just repeat or not repeats. It just changes so, so fast. Did we even talk about uh, Checo's alleged retirement? Was that last week or did that, was that in between episodes? I can't I even think remember. it was between. I, I don't even think we, there was a whole rumor of Checo retiring after this season. And then his team, his literal manager replied to that tweet with a bunch of laughing emojis, which, you know, again, could be total lies. They could be wanting to get a good severance package, but again, all hearsay, um, if he manages to pull together a decent performance these last five races, I could see him being there in 2024. But yeah, Daniel's been posting that Red Bull helmet that he wore in Tennessee an awful lot. You know, him and Max, good. I mean, we'll see. A lot of some people think that that's not even in the cards if they get rid of Sergio. I think some people are in denial, but we will see. <laughs> um, come back next week. We will update on any sort of major news updates, bringing you the news. We'll let you know. Uh, what happened in Austin. Sure, you'll already know, but come and get our thoughts. Get to know us and make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Rate us on Spotify. Anything you can do is so greatly appreciated to help expose the podcast. So again, thank you all so, so much, and we'll see you next time.